Lord God, speak this morning to who needs to hear it, Lord. I thank you for this beautiful Sunday. Um, Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to be here, um, that I was able to walk into this building today. Lord, help me to decrease so that you might increase, Lord. Um, Just give me clarity of thought. Uh, Let your word be clear, open hearts, and open ears. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. All right. Um, So last week, Pastor said there was going to be a a special guest. And uh, I'm not a very special guest. That's like you say a special guest and you invite your little brother to um, (laughs) be the head of the dinner table. So that's kind of how I feel today. I don't feel like very special. I'm here all the time. So... uh, I don't know if my slides are working. I got a clicker. Okay, let me try this out. Oh, they do work. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ryan, help me out. Maybe there's more than that. I made a slideshow. Let's see. I'll try again. Okay, okay. It's working. I just had to confirm that. Sorry for the technical delays here. Um, I'll skip back to where I need to be. Okay, it works really good. All right, so um, we're reading Colossians today. And uh, our focus in Colossians is going to be Colossians 1, verses 11 through 12. Um, but we, we, we know that it's not good to read uh, a Bible verse. We know that. What I mean by that is it's not good to read just one Bible verse. You read the verses in context. You read what comes before it, and you read what comes after it. So you have an idea of what's going on, okay? Um, so we're just going to start here in Colossians uh, 9, or excuse me, 1, 9. Uh, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. And then this is our uh, focus verses, is going to be 11 through 12. Uh, Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people, skip ahead, in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness, and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. All right. So I'm going to take a note out of Pastor's book. He always likes to bring that message translation in here. Um, It's a thought-for-thought translation. It's not a word-for-word translation. So it just kind of gives us an idea of what the author, um, their thoughts were when they're writing this. We pray that you'll have the strength to stick it out over the long haul, not the grim strength of gritting your teeth, But the glory strength God gives is strength that endures the unendurable and spills over into joy, thanking the Father who makes us strong enough to take part in everything bright and beautiful that he has for us. Um, So before we hop into it, we'll just continue with some more context. Uh, So Paul is the author of this book, and Paul's in prison at this time. He's writing... Uh, 60 to 61 AD is like the estimated time frame. And he's writing to this church in a place called Colossae. And uh, he had never been to this church. He had never stepped foot in that church. He only heard about them. 
And he heard about the love that they have for Christ and the love they have for others. And so we know that in verse 7, uh, Paul talks about Epaphras. And he says, my, my fellow servant in Christ. And so this is, Epaphras is the guy who went, went to Colossae and preached the gospel and may have started the church there. Um, and the reason he's writing to this church that he's never met before or had any interaction with is because uh, they were experiencing um, uh, what's considered like a heresy. Like they had a big uh-oh in their thinking in regards to uh, God. And that was uh, the heresy. Uh, it was a Christological heresy. So their understanding of Jesus, who he was. Um, there were people who were coming into the church and, and denying Christ's divinity, that being that Jesus is God. And so Paul, Paul shuts down these, um, these arguments. And I want, to, uh, I want to take it slow as we go through this and really just, that's why I chose 11 and 12. We're going to take it bit by bit and really just break down these verses. Um, but the, the piece that we're looking at is a prayer for the church in Colossians. It's not like the meat of his letter necessarily. It's the introduction. And he's letting these people know that he's praying for them. Um, when Paul writes his letters, often, he, almost all of his letters, I think there was one or two, um, he starts off with a prayer letting people know that he's praying for them. Um, in verses 9 and 10, we saw that um, Paul is praying that they might be filled with the knowledge of God that the Spirit gives. Um, and in other words... He wants them to know the will of God in their lives. He wants them to know what, what God um, desires from their lives, what God has planned for their lives. Um, and he, he goes on to explain uh, some qualities and behaviors in these sections here um, that might exhibit that, the will of God in their lives. So starting here uh, in verse 11, let me see if I got everything in here. Huh? Point that way. Okay, okay. Thank you. So cool. Um, this, this first verse was super confusing to me. Being strengthened in all power according to his glorious might, so you may have great endurance and patience. Um, Paul, Paul often writes in a really confusing way, at least for me to understand. And uh, being, So we're just going to go through these little underlined sections, and we're going to break them down. Um, and these little underlined sections, originally this was all written in Greek. It's been 2,000 years. This has been translated, you know. And so this is, this is the way I kind of frame it. We're going to look at some Greek today. And we're not looking at Greek because I want to bore you guys and I want to make you guys fall asleep in your chairs. It's because, um, let's say this is a meal, okay? Let's say this verse is a meal. And every word in this verse is an ingredient to the meal, okay? And... When, you know, when, when someone comes up to you and they're like, hey, look, there's some lemon pepper. I'm, I'll be the fancy waiter. Sir, there's lemon pepper. There is uh, oregano. There's a hint of lime and uh, a bit of Cabernet Sauvignon in, in this meal. So that's, that's what we're looking at. We're breaking down the ingredients in this meal. And then it gives you a greater appreciation for the meal. You can actually understand how these ingredients work together to make the flavor that you're experiencing. Okay? So... That's where we're going to start. We're starting at um, being strengthened. So being strengthened, uh, you've heard Pastor Nate say this one before. It's dunamai. Dunamai, like dynamite. That's what it is in the Greek. And really, it's not strength like, uh, like Jack. It's not like strength like that, buff guy strength. 
It's, it's a strength. It means to be enabled and speaks of an inherent power to do something. So like the ability to do something, uh, to enable. And this word is in the present tense, which just means that you're continually strengthened in the passive voice, meaning that uh, the strengthening comes from outside of us. It's not from inside of us. It comes from an outside source. Um, all power, all power is really just a, a way to say um, power for all the trials of life all the time. Um, according to his glorious might. This one threw me off so much, especially in connection to all power. But uh, it's really according to his glorious might. It's according to God's glorious might. Okay, the source of power determines how much power can be given. Okay, so if God is the divine wellspring, uh, which allows the sun to rise every day, okay, there's a lot of power. Um, and that's kind of like, think about it this way. Going through your life and trying to uh, fuel your car on peanut oil. It might work for like five minutes, let's just say hypothetically, uh, and then putting rocket fuel in your car. So peanut oil is running on your own strength and your own energy. Okay? Putting rocket fuel in your car is running on God's power. That's what it's going to do. It's gonna, you're going to have nitrous coming out your ears. Um, and so we'll move it forward one more time. Thank you, guys. So you guys know better than me. You guys know better than me. <laughs> so, so basically... Uh, now we have a different understanding uh, of these verses uh, with the words that we kind of picked out. Let's just plug in our definitions and look at it. It's going to be the bottom verse in this slide. Um, so being strengthened, being enabled, all power in everything through God's power to never give up and stick it out. Where's that part come from? That comes from endurance and patience. Um, patience in the Greek is just means to keep on keeping on, to stick it out. Just to stick it out. Endurance in the Greek is uh, a word that highlights one's response to difficult circumstances, um, to be able to remain under difficulties without succumbing. So that's endurance. For people who play video games, it's like that character with a bunch of HP. You got a bunch of hit points. You know that guy can take a bunch of hits. Um, and so, being enabled, being strengthened, in everything through God's power, in all power, according to God's glorious might, to never give up and stick it out. That's what this verse is telling us here. And that's why we look at the Greek, because it, it, just, it can put it in a more plain English. At least this is the way I was able to understand it. I had to reframe this whole verse. Um, and so we'll look at the next half up here. I did it again. Pointing that way. Uh, giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Um, again, I was completely confused here. And so I'm thankful for the study. Uh, and so giving joyful thanks to the Father. The two highlight words here, I think, are um, joyful and thanks. It's, I'm not just going to go back there. Joyful and thanks. Um, so joy is a condition, not a circumstance. 
In the Christian life, joy is a condition and not a circumstance. It is a confidence and wellness that comes from knowing that we're in God's hands. It's not that I'm walking around here with a big old smile on my hands all the time. It's that when I'm actually crushed, I can be confident in God. That's what, that's what joy is in the, in the Christian sense. Um, it reminds me of an old hymn uh, I used to sing when I was a teenager at my old church. Whate'er my God ordains is right. His holy will abideth. I will be still whate'er he does and follow where he guideth. He is my God, though dark my road. He holds me that I shall not fall. And so to him I leave it all. Though dark my road, he holds me that I shall not fall. That's joy in a nutshell. Uh, Joy, another word that someone used, joy is grace recognized. Joy is grace recognized. It's understanding that you've been given all this grace and mercy. It's recognizing that and living your life with that truth in your and deep-seated in your heart and your soul. So giving joyful thanks to the Father. It's not hopping up and down. It's knowing who your Father is. Okay? Thanks. Thanksgiving. This was interesting when I broke this word down. Thanksgiving. Um, the proper pronunciation is euharisto. Uh, but like, if we were to say it in the American way, it'd be eucharisto. It means thankful, grateful, well-pleasing. And indicates the obligation of being thankful to someone for a favor done. And we, we, if you've been in church spheres long enough, you may have heard of the Eucharist. That's communion. And so we're giving thanks to God. We're giving thanks for what Christ has done. That kind of helped me reframe that. Um, and it's in the present tense, which just means that we're giving thanks continually as a lifestyle, as a habit of our lives. Um, then we look at the next half. Who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light? And so qualified and inheritance were the two words um, I wanted to look at. Qualified just means that we're made adequate and sufficient enough. We're made adequate and sufficient enough. This is in uh, stark contrast. The reason Paul puts this in this letter is because it's in stark contrast to what people were believing at that time. Because there was Gnostics and there was Jews in this, in this, in this time. And so the Jews believed that you can have salvation by what you did. That I work my way to heaven. I'm going to be a great righteous person and work my way to heaven. And the Gnostics believed that you could know enough to get to heaven. I got a Gnostic. It means uh, knowing. So... I got a special revelation, and now I can get to heaven. And uh, there's a lot of Jews and Gnostics still running around today. There's a lot of Jews and Gnostics still running around today. Sometimes I can be a little Jew, and sometimes I can be a little Gnostic. Um, And so remember that we're made adequate and sufficient because of he who has qualified us. So Paul is setting up, uh, really he's setting up, verse 13 and 14 in chapter 2 in this verse as well. So just looking back at 13 and 14. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son who he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That's why we're made adequate. Uh, Inheritance. This is an interesting one. I thought this was so cool when I read this. In the Old Testament, God's holy people 
were to inherit an earthly portion in the land of Canaan. But in the New Testament, God's holy people are to inherit a spiritual kingdom in heaven. So we're looking forward. This is our new inheritance. Peter confirms that in 1 Peter 1.4. And into an inheritance that can never spoil or fade, this inheritance is kept in heaven for you. This inheritance gives us reason to be full of joy and thanksgiving every day. So Paul is um, reminding us who we are. And then now that we've kind of like looked at these verses, we've dissected them, I bored you guys with enough Greek, we're going to um, look back at kind of um, the general idea. So we'll see if I've added this in here. Otherwise, I'll just say it. It's by God's power we have the ability to endure any and all trials. And by Christ's sacrifice that we can become inheritors of eternal life. The proper response is to be overflowing with confidence in God's goodness and to be eternally grateful. So here's my two observations for today. We're just doing two observations. You probably could make a bunch, but I want to focus on two. One's a really general observation and then one is more um, content specific. So we need to pray for our churches. That's Paul's writing a letter to the churches here. We need to pray for our churches. We need to pray for our own church. Uh, we need to pray for churches we don't know and people we don't know. Because that's what Paul's doing. He's writing for a bunch of people he doesn't know. But how can you, how can you pray for people you don't know? We'll get into that. Um, Paul constantly exemplifies this principle of praying for churches in his epistles. He prays for others in every single letter he writes. Uh, like I said, he, start, he often starts and he often ends his letters in prayer. Uh, and then what do we pray for for people we don't even know? What do we pray for for other people? Uh, we look at what Paul's doing. Paul isn't going and praying, Lord, I pray that you give uh, the church at Colossae a bigger building so that they can reach more people or that they might have beautiful clothing so they can reach... He's praying not for external blessings. He's praying for internal blessings. He's praying for people's spiritual growth. Pastor might get mad about me saying this. We don't need AC at City Church. We need spiritual growth at City Church. That, we need to pray for... Obviously, we need AC. It's going to get hot in here. I'm going I'm I'm to be the first one in two months sweating over here. But... Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? We need spiritual growth. We need internal blessing, not external blessing in our lives. And that goes for all the churches here. Um, he prays for... He has these common themes when he prays for other churches. It's faith, love, and hope. Faith, love, and hope. That's like the Paul's big three right there. He, he prays for... Fruits of the Spirit for people. They can have patience and self-control. These are things you can pray for for people. These are things that when you know, you don't need to know somebody to pray that they might have an increase in these things. You don't need to know somebody to pray that they could have a more loving heart. You're not, you're not saying, oh, that person's not very loving. You just know, know that there's no, there's no such thing as an excess of love in somebody's life. And everyone can use a little bit more love. Let people know that you're praying for them. That's what Paul's doing here. 
Why, why is he going through the trouble of telling these people that, hey, I'm praying for you? I think there's two reasons uh, nestled in that idea. Uh, it's not that we care uh, or we're encouraged, oh, you're praying for me. I'm so encouraged by that you're praying for me. No, it's we're encouraged by the fact that somebody's petitioning God on your behalf. That's what we're encouraged by. That's somebody who really believes in God is saying to their Lord and their creator, the person who made them, God, can you help this person out? That's what's encouraging. And you know what? There actually is a part of it where it is encouraging that that person does care. It's more built up in the camaraderie. It's built up in that camaraderie that when you know, hey, I'm praying for you, you tell somebody, you know they're on your team. You know they're fighting for you. You know? Um, there's a camaraderie formed there through love. And if Paul goes through the trouble of uh, sending a messenger pigeon on the back of a camel across, all, who knows how they sent the, these letters. If he can go through the trouble of telling somebody he prayed for them in that way, how, how much easier should it be for us to send that text or make that two-minute phone call? Okay? Uh, and then this is kind of the main content point that I want to pull out, the content observation. We need to have faith in God's power in our lives and not our own. Because God has qualified us. God has enabled us. God gives strength, endurance, and patience. It's nothing. Paul's not saying that you'll, you'll, you're strong enough as you are. You're good enough as you are. Or anything like that. Paul's saying that God does those things. And the question that sprung out to me is, is oftentimes we don't really believe in that strength. You know, it's hard, it's, it's, it's hard to say, but it's true. We don't really believe in that strength. So do you believe that the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, the Spirit of God, dwells within you? Do you believe that the being who spoke the universe into existence hangs the stars in the night and puts fish in the sea cares about you? Do you believe in the power of God? Do you? I'm preaching to myself. There's a theologian. His name is Douglas Wilson. And he says, Your worldview comes out of your fingertips. Incarnationally, it expresses itself in what you're doing. What you believe. In other words, what you believe, your theology, comes out of your fingertips. What you believe affects your life and the way you interact with other people. The things that you do. The way that you love other people. If you believe that God is working through you and that God is all-powerful, that should affect the way you're living. We know that all it takes is a little mustard seed of faith to move mountains. I know I've raised the bar so high now. What does that faith look like lived out? What does that faith look like lived out? The first two people who I thought of, it might, be, it might just be something with the name Ann. It might be something. We got an Annie Jones and an Ann Nichols. Those were the first two people I thought of when I thought, what does that faith look like? 
Annie Jones has been through a lot this year. But she comes in every day at 945, every Sunday. How are you doing, Miss Jones? Oh, I'm glad that I'm breathing. She's been through a lot this year, a lot of loss. I don't need to list it. You can go talk to her. She's still good. She's still up here playing, playing on that little piano, being as classy as can be. That's a, that's a strength and endurance that comes from God. And he Jones isn't, oh, if I had a, this kind of person in my life, or if I just had a little bit more of this, I'd be, she's got God. And that's sufficient for her. It's Ann Nichols. It's Ann Nichols does the same thing. She comes in here. She recently got diagnosed with cancer. And she comes in here. And she looks the same as she did. It's, to someone on the outside looking in, that's weird. That's weird. Why are you so secure? Why are you so okay? Why can you praise your God in the midst of your struggle? Where else can I go? That's where her endurance and her patience comes from. It comes from God. She's an example to us. This Annie Jones is an example to us. How do you let that power work in your life? How do you let that power work in your life? It's not an easy answer. But it's, and it's not easy to do. You got to submit. It's submission to Christ. That you make Christ the king of your life. And then you have three things to submit usually. You got to submit your head. You got to submit your heart. And you got to submit your hands. What you think, what you do, and what you desire. That's why the Lord says, love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. You submit what you're thinking, how you're acting, and what you want out of life. And that's not easy. That's not easy at all. And how, I mean, in a practical application, how do you do that? You run everything by God. You look to his word. God, is this what you want me to do in my life? You pray fervently. God, is this what you want me to do in my life, with my life? Is this where you're taking me? Is this how you want me to respond to the situation? You, you seek counsel from other people. Lord, is this, what's, is this how you want me to live my life? Or, excuse me, hey brother, what do you think about this situation? What should I do? You seek counsel from wise Christians. Submit when it's not easy. When you have that boss or coworker who drives you mad, it's hard to submit. That's when you should submit. You want to give God your first fruits, not your leftovers. We know that Abel bought God his first fruits, and Cain brought God his leftovers. And how that ended. And uh, we want to be healed. We want to have real life, and we don't. But we don't want to listen to what the author of life has to say. We don't want to give our lives. To the author of life, which are rightfully his, yeah. which are rightfully his. 
You know, it's like a, a little kid coming up to you. Excuse me. Your child coming up to you. They're 11 years old. Mom and Dad, I think I have it figured out. I'm going to go play Roblox for the next 15 years. I've decided that's what my calling is. I decided that's what I'm going to do. That's how, that's how sometimes we come to God. Lord, I think I, I just need you to give, the, give me this thing. Um, it's going to help me get to where I need to get. Rather than, Lord, what do you need to give me to get me where you're taking me? Give me a heart to accept that, a mind to accept that. You want life? Give yours up. Just submit. That's easy. I get to do the easy part. I just get to tell y'all to do that. I get to go home, sleep good. But um, this reminds me of uh, the story of the man at the pool of Bethesda. You know, it's really common today. Everybody wants to be healed. Everybody wants to be healed. It's very popular. Like, in my generation, it's very popular. We're breaking generational trauma. We're healing from trauma. You know, we don't have a weird view of therapy anymore. You tell ther- people you're going to therapy, they don't look at you crazy. They think it's a good thing. You know, um, and that's awesome. That's incredible. You know, mental health is a, is a focus nowadays. People care about other people's mental health. And that's been a development in the last 10 to 15 years. You know, it's really changed. And so... Here's this guy, Pool Bethesda. He wants to be healed. And our Lord and Savior Christ comes up to him and asks him, do you want to be healed? And he says to Jesus, he says, well, I don't have uh, anyone to help me get in the pool. And they, they beat me to the pool. And, you know, I need, basically I need this and that. And if I just did a little bit more of this, I could get, I could get healed. Because maybe you could pick. Jesus says to him, get up. Don't believe in what you can do, that you need this little bit, that, that piece that you need a little bit more. Believe in God's power. Jesus just tells him, just get up. Yeah. You're already healed. Yeah. So, today I ask you, do you believe, do you have faith in God's power? Do you know what that power looks like in somebody's life? Talk to Annie Jones. Talk to Ann Nichols. Who can praise him in a storm? Do you have faith in God's power? Not your own. Just pray with me. Lord, give us humble hearts. Lord, give us transformed hearts. Lord, I just pray that when we walk out of here today, Lord, that there's one thing we can take with us. It's your power alone, Lord. Thank you for bringing us here. Thank you for giving us life. Thank you for our leadership here at this church. Lord, be with us. Give us those things to grow us spiritually, Lord. Be with all the churches in Sacramento. Lord, help us grow internally rather than externally, Lord. I thank you for all that you do. I thank you for Christ who died on the cross for our sins, God. So that we might have new life. So that we can be healed spiritually. In Christ's name, amen.
So thank you once again to Paul for that message. I think there's a lot that we can take away and hopefully uh, throughout the week uh, you can remember Paul's words. Um, I'm going to ask Pastor to come up now uh, and speak to us. Good morning. It is, it is still morning. Uh, there you go. I have, to, I have to look. Thank you, son. Thank you. Um, a couple of things here is um, I'm just looking. I'm looking. Oh, so good to see Jeanette. Oh, Jeanette McCoy. So good to see you. So good to see you. Uh, they are not here, so I will not. Uh, we'll save that for another time. Um, so much. Uh, oh, they just walked in. Come on up here while you're. Uh, while I won't even call you fashionably late. This is this is beyond fashionably late. Come on, come on up here. Uh, just come on up here, Doreen and Irvin. Don't even stop, do not pass go. I mean, well, yeah, pass go. Yeah, just, just, just real quick. We have a couple of things we need to do and I've been uh, holding off on this. Um, Major Doreen uh, McWilson and uh, her BFF Irvin. Come, come, I, mean, I, don't, I, I don't have cooties, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. Uh, and, uh, Again, uh, she was deployed, she's recently back, she's uh, trying to find that rhythm again as an MD serving, in, uh, uh, serving the country and uh, the capacity was overseas, now she's back. Uh, but uh, the, the reason I'm asking them to come up today is because of actually, uh, it was announced uh, about three or four weeks ago that Urban uh, was recently accepted into the doctoral program at Stanford University. <laughs> Majoring in? Uh, management Science Engineering. Management Science Engineering. So he's taking his aeronautics engineering background and moving that up to a different level. Uh, that's, it is wonderful. And uh, uh, you'll have to listen to the podcast. Uh, to get the full, if you didn't listen to it on your way in, uh, what Paul shared, uh, but it's very timely for where God is preparing you all to go. Uh, so do listen to the message. We will be praying for you and with you. And that was it. I just wanted to, then for three weeks, I, just, I got this on, on, on my list and it's like, well, they're not here. They're not here. They're not here. You're here. So thank you very much. Thank you. Let's give them some love. Um, again, I want to echo uh, uh, what Paul said in terms of uh, just the faithfulness of Sister Jones. Uh, just thank you, Sister Jones. You're, uh, you're indeed a source of strength for me personally, uh, the body of Christ, and uh, City Church specifically. Uh, and I was planning, and I am bringing up now, uh, Ann Nichols. Um, come on up, Ann. Uh, she is going into surgery uh, this week, June 2nd, is it? June 2nd. Uh, you know me, I can't get through anything without crying. Um, but uh, 
this this woman of God, uh, I mean, I, I can't even begin to unpack how she came to be a part of City Church. She lives all about three blocks away from here, and she was faithfully attending and worshiping at another ministry. And uh, I don't know exactly how she came to us, but the conversation surrounding her coming was, uh, the spirit of the living God is telling me that I need to be in community, worship in community, and I think I found a home with City Church. Now, a lot of folks say that. A lot of folks say that, but uh, to actually act on that, I don't think anybody has gone through membership orientation quicker than uh, Ann Nichols. <laughs> she did not miss a beat. She went through, and uh, I share this not as a... a because she will be embarrassed. Uh, but she didn't know us or me from a can of paint. And she jumped into the deep end of the pool. Uh, she does Samaritan's Purse. She, she's, she's, she serves over at Wellspring Women's Ministry with her, her beautifully cheesy sign, Ask a Nurse. And she saved at least one life there we talk a good game we do we talk a good game we we talk a good game uh, but to actually live that out in a tangible way and then what does she do she says I've got this little bit of money it was more than a little bit of money she said uh, apply this to the uh, HVAC you're right we don't need HVAC we don't uh, but you need to be a part of what God is doing for us and if it if it if it comes out in HVAC whatever I, I really don't care I'm good I'm good but I just know this I shared this last year God is going to give us HVAC this I know I, it's, 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 it's however it's going to come it's coming it's it, it, it's going to come and literally through the I mean, the past couple of weeks through the electricians, through the engineers, it's happening. And I want to thank all of you from Nate to Matt to, to Paul, those of you that come in on Friday. Uh, I don't invite you to go back there, but if you were to go back into that creepy little room behind the, behind the, the pipe organ, it's not creepy anymore. But it's getting cleaned out for the HVAC that's coming. So it's going to happen. What am I saying? I'm saying is that Anne has put herself in a position uh, to serve. And I'll say this, and then uh, we're going to lay hands, we're going to pray, we're going to invite the family to come up. Um, but one of, the, uh, uh, one of the things that she said, she said uh, very much in the, in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the key of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, when he said, uh, you know, I love a long life. Who doesn't love a long life? He said, but that doesn't really bother me. That's not my concern right now. I just want to do God's will. So what Ann Nichols said is, this is what Ann Nichols said. She said, I just want to represent Christ well, whether however he chooses to deal with me, I want to represent him well. Uh, I agree. And I love you. Gail loves you, we've been praying for you, and we will continue to pray for you.
that all goes well on the second. Honey, would you come up? Family, would you come up? Beautiful family, her son, her third son, as she says, too, now. Uh, her, her, her granddaughters. Uh, Stand with me, please. The same spirit of the living God that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Not a different one, not a second hand handed down one, not a two millennia ago. The same spirit of the living God that raised Jesus from the dead lives in each and every one of us. Heidi and Laura, isn't it uh, ironic that um, they, they're new, new to City Church and visiting us and they came at the celebration of life for Ashley King's father. And they said, I'm coming. And they're here as we celebrate life. Bow your heads and hearts with me. Our Father and our God, how we exalt you. We just glorify your holy, righteous, matchless, magnificent name. Father, I thank you for this community of faith that we call City Church of Sacramento. We are your sons. We are your daughters. Father, you know our frame. You know we are weak. You know we are made of dust. And Father, the strength that we have only comes through the living Holy Spirit that resides in each and every one of us. Father, give us wisdom right now to draw upon it so that we have the strength that we need, Father, as we go through this valley right here, right now. Father, we need you. Yes. And need you. Yes. You promised. You said. You said you would never leave us. You would never forsake us. But Father, however you see fit to do with all of our lives, give us the strength to glorify you in everything that we say and do. In the sunshine and in the rain, in sickness and in health, Father, give us the wisdom and the power to glorify you. And now, Father, I ask in the name of our your Son, our Savior, Jesus the Christ, that you bless her, that you guide the hands of the doctors, that you touch her body as only you can. 
And Father, on the other side, we will give you the glory, the honor, and praise for how you brought us through. Be with the family. Bless them. Give them strength. Give them the wisdom, Father, the, the, the wherewithal to give what Ann needs to do, Father, that she can't do for herself. Give them the wisdom to do for her and to be there for her. Father, be with them. Comfort them. Comfort them. We love you. And we so thank you. Thank you, Father. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. It's done. Thank you. It's done. It's done. Thank you. Thank you. Now, Father, as we go down from this place, watch over us, protect us, guide us, lead us as only you can and you will. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for peace. Thank you for the sweet communion of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the opportunity to bless your holy name. Thank you. In the name of your Son, our Savior, the Christ, I ask it all. Let every heart say, Amen. hug somebody.